Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome back. You have me again uh, without Pastor Marcos. He will be back with us in a couple of episodes. But Pastor Tim is laughing at me. It's a charming introduction. You have me without Pastor Marcos. Well, because they usually get to hear Pastor Marcos first. And he does some really smooth introduction, makes it all seem very effortless. It's effortful for me. It's very effortful. Effortful. Is that I don't a know. Word? Can, we, I, can we do that? It is a word today. It is a word today. <laughs> anyway, so That's Pastor like Tim is here. Add to the dictionary when you get the little squiggly red line on your, on your computer. Yes. Just add, add that. Yes. Effortful. Yes. That is... A Jessica That's word. a new word. Yes. Small talk <laughs> is very effortful for me. Anyway, so I'm here with Pastor Tim, and he's not saying anything. He's just looking at me and shaking his head like, what have I signed up for again? Well, we, we've, uh, we've confirmed that I'm here. We know I'm here. Okay. In place of Marcos. In place of Marcos. Who is much smoother with his podcast introduction. Well, you could take the introduction next. How about this? No, we're gonna that's or- never going to happen. We're going to no, record just, one just, more. Just stop right there. Because I won't be here next week no, when Marcos was available. So you are with me one more time. And maybe you can do the smooth introduction I that I am unsuccessful at. I, I am. Yeah. No. Anyway. Welcome. <laughs> I have, I'm on my second cup of caffeine, so I'm working on it by the end. Get that in there. Um, (laughs) It's just been a rough morning. Yeah. I'm finishing mine up, but I'm not happy about it because I'm wishing there was more. So, Mm. all right. That's the way it is with caffeine. We have a topic to discuss, I assume. We Oh, prayer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. God, I need so much more of that. So. I don't remember particularly what the question was. Maybe I should have been more prepared with this. But with the kids, they and I I get it, the question about like well maybe it's a question and then like they're perceived what they think it's for. So like the question of, well why should I pray because God knows everything mm-hmm. and he knows what's going to happen. So why bother? Kind of mm-hmm. is like the thinking. But then you can also fall into the, well, like I prayed for it. So then it should happen. You know, like I did the thing yeah. I'm supposed to do. So sure. I should then have the, um, in my mind, appropriate outcome to that work. That's true. Yeah. I think it'd probably be, so there's any number of good answers for that, that question. The first one is the most obvious one. And we pray because scripture commands it and tells us that it's good for us to pray, but maybe a definition of prayer would be helpful. And there's tons of those out there too. But I guess one that I'm really fond of that's super, super simple. And the older I get, the more I like simplicity. Um, the super simple definition is prayer is a, a believer's communion or communication with God. So you have, you know, you have three parts, right? You have the believer, you have the communication itself, and you have the, the recipient mm-hmm. of the prayer of God. And I just think that if you take any one of those things away, you don't have prayer. But it begins to help to define it. So if prayer isn't magical, it it isn't a manipulation of God. So I pray and it should happen. You know, I check my box and it should happen, as you were saying. Some right. kids will do that. You know, I prayed that I would get an A in the test and I didn't. And here you go. Did you study? Well, right. no, I prayed. Well, well, well <laughs> preparation is the way for good grades, right. not necessarily prayer. Right, and that's you know that's all part of you know just 
good character and, you know, wisdom and mm-hmm. good practices. But um, I, if the fundamental question is why pray if God knows everything anyway, I, I think the answer is in addition to because he commands it and, and he, because it's good for us and it's because we're by his design made to be in communion with him and prayer provides us with communion and the indwelling spirit in us enables us to pray to God, to enter into his presence in prayer, in prayer and to pray. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that is probably something that most of us, myself included, don't value enough because we don't see it like that. We see it as, I have a need. Oh, I'll go pray about it. Right. And then I move on. Um, and prayer by its very nature is, is intended to be um, a gift of communion, the, the, the ability to be in the presence of the Father and, you know, of the Son and the Spirit, so or through or by the Spirit. So, it, so part of me just thinks it's probably helpful to sort of reframe how you think about prayer. And so if I were asking, if a little kid asked me that, I'd probably just say, well, what do you think prayer is? And maybe right. just see how they would respond to that, the good old open question, and sort of, you know, feel the answer based on, on the response. But, right, because when your kids are little especially when they're little, like so much of what they experience in prayer is at the dinner table or, you know, when you're eating, Mm -hmm. obviously when you're in corporate worship at church, but then also like you were bad and we should pray about this or you were just, like there it's, that's a good point. It's not so much a communication. And so I think, especially as my kids have gotten a little bit older, trying to like, like that it doesn't, it's not all structured. It's not all like, well, you know, like this is the, these are the words that I say, this is the the prayer. Right. And mm-hmm. that, you know, like outside of saying that prayer, I just have like my list of, of wants and needs or oops, I messed up again prayers. But yeah. that it is more of a um a communication and much more of a not a dialogue like I am talking to God and in my prayer, I am hearing God's voice talking to me. Right. But more of a like through your prayers, especially through like reading scripture and praying scripture, mm-hmm. that like God is using that to kind of um, bring you in alignment with his will and reveal himself and his ways to you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's prayer is one of the, one of the primary means of grace, right? So mm-hmm. Acts two forty two, right. You know, they devote themselves to the apostles teaching, breaking bread, the fellowship and, and the prayers. I don't think that's the order, but basically the, the prayers. Mm-hmm. So prayer is a means of grace. It's a, it's an access point to the grace of God. It's a way to access God's grace. It's an ordinary way. Um, but I, it's a, you make an interesting point, right? So sometimes we pray when when you're, when kids are little, you you sit them down and pray because they did something wrong. And I think I wonder how much that carries through to adulthood, where we don't tend to pray when things are good. We tend to pray when things are bad. Right. So we orient the whole of our prayer life around confession which is a good thing to orient around it, but by no means the only thing to orient right. around Or not the place to stop. Right. And confession actually provides a good window to think about prayer because we don't confess our sins to God to inform him any more than we pray to God who doesn't know. We don't, we don't say... Right. Like, You're not letting F- him know F- what you FYI, did. I blew it again. Like, he right. knows. Um, we confess in an acknowledgement that we've broken his law. We're... we're, we're we're acknowledging that, well, your law says not to do this, your word says not to do this, and I know I've broken that. Right. And so it's 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 an acknowledgement. And, you know, so prayer is a, a way for us to to grow in our understanding of who we are and who God is, 
Um, but I also think it's probably helpful to, to not think of prayer as like this one category of a thing we do, right? So we come to church and we sing songs and we worship and then there's, you know, time in the word and then there's prayer time and all of those are true. But in one sense, prayer incorporates all of those things. I mean, if I read through the Psalms, there's singing, there's weeping, there's all kinds of emotion connected to prayer. And we see the Psalms as songs, literally, that's what the word means, but it also is... We also see them as as prayers, and so prayer should incorporate all of those things. It should be um, worshipful. Prayer should be, you know, I mean the, the the acronyms that we sometimes use, like the you know, like the the acts, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and uh, supplication. Like, have you ever heard of that? Like, yes. Uh, so I can never have, remember what the things are. Right. I just remember that it's acts, and I should remember what the things are. <laughs> acts and the CTS thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but it's yeah. Um, but adoration is worship, right? So you, so when you start to pray, you start with some expression of worship. The Lord's prayer is the same way, right? We're not. I don't come with the list of needs. I come acknowledging who you are. Right. You're in heaven, and your name should be holy, and may, may it be holy to me, right? So that, that language is a. It orients me to God. So prayer orients me to God. So it's not so much um, why do I pray if He knows everything. It's 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 who do I pray to because He knows everything. Right. Maybe that's a good way to think about it, right? Uh, was I thinking? Oh, um, I was listening to a podcast, and, and they were talking about sin and the fall. And it was so interesting that they were, when they were talking about how, you know, when God comes comes into the garden, is like, what have you done? And it's not like he's asking, like, I didn't know. Right. And mm-hmm. I need you to tell me what's happened. Like, it's, I, it's you know, like... When you've walked in on your kid and there's paint all over the wall, like, oh, what, what, I know what you've done. <laughs> what have you done? Right. So, yeah. you know, like th- reading it a little bit more like that, it, it was just interesting to me that like you really do, it is a conversation and it really is for your own benefit to be identifying the things that you have done and not like just the prayer. Well, like God, you know, in all the ways that I've messed up, that doesn't help me right. to really like really look at what I'm doing sure. and really look at changes that need to be made. Right. So so if, you, so if you look at it, here's one way to look at it. So you become a Christian, and that is evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, the indwelling Spirit, right? So mm-hmm. a believer um, is one who has the Spirit. So, so, you know, we would acknowledge that there's there's no variation to that. You don't get the Spirit later. Or your, your ability to profess faith in Jesus Christ as... Uh, incarnate, died, resurrected, ascended, outpouring of spirit is because of the spirit. The spirit mm-hmm. does that. So, so we also say that the spirit is that which gives us union with Christ or binds us to Christ. Well, what is, what is, what are the expressions of that union and that relationship? How, how does that practice? How does it find expression? Mm-hmm. And the means of grace are one of them, like fellowship with the community, other believers but primarily prayer, right? So I am in union with my Savior. Well, I really think I should be talking with him. That seems to make sense, right? Like right. I, should, I should engage in relational practices, which is talking to him as Lord and Savior, not as just my friend or my equal, but the Savior. Um, and so it's acknowledging him as creator and me as creature and... Part of that is is an important thing to think about when you think about the answer to, that kids are asking. Well, why pray to God if He knows everything? But because He knows everything, 
we pray to him because he's the source of all knowledge, because he's the source of all truth, and because we don't know that. And so we're, we, we're not, we're praying for insight, for wisdom, for clarity, for conviction, and for encouragement. But I also think you don't want to think categorically, right? So the, the, the means of grace where they devoted themselves to the apostles' uh, teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, prayer, um, we see them as categories, but in some sense they're together. And so I, I think um, word is a really important thing. So I would try my best to encourage, and I didn't. I did this okay, but not great. I wish I did it better, but when my kids were young, but praying scripture. Mm-hmm. So when you said, you know, well, it's not like God's talking back to me. If you're praying scripture, he is he talking is, back to right. you, right? So there's a way that you can say that, you know, if I'm in the word, I'm recognizing something that I'm that my spirit would wrestle with that I'm not sure I understand that I wish were true for me, mm-hmm. that I'm convicted by and I lift that up in prayer to the Lord. And then, you know, you move on to the next verse and it's he's speaking to you, right? You're literally speaking to him. He speaks to you. You take that in, you meditate on that, you pray it back to him, which is worshipful. It's not just a dialogue. It's there's a worshipful component to it. Yeah. And then, you know, he speaks again, you know. And so I think that incorporating scripture in prayer life is transformational. I was I was listening to somebody say that when you're reading scripture and they were talking about their own personal like study. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just as applicable with kids is that when you're reading scripture you don't like uh, so many times we we read it and then we talk about what we read mm-hmm. and then like we might you know do like a good night prayer at the end mm-hmm. but that more of a breaking it up like you said like you know read a little bit read you know just a little section a couple you know verses depending on where you are but like read that pray about what you know what you've just read mm-hmm. how god would use that in your life what he's trying to teach you through that and right. like then read a little bit more and do it again right instead yeah. of like the like the prayer is a wrap up, you know, thank you very much for the, you know, giving us your word and help us have a good night to rest. Amen. Yeah, that's very true. And, um, I, I also think that it, that reminds me of something else that most of us will kind of default to certain vocabulary in prayer, certain phrases. Right. That are Which just, is so hard to break. It's very hard to break, but all, that's just a sort of a subconscious thing we do. Um, you know, some people invoke the name of God a whole lot in their prayers, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they're just filling the space, so they need to fill the space. Or right. Some people just have one or two names, and that's all they go to, even though we have hundreds of names for God in Scripture. Right. Um, some people make up new names that aren't in Scripture. Well, that's problematic, too. But most of us are just rote in the practices, right? You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard kids, when you ask a kid to pray, that almost always starts with something like, you know, thank you, Lord, for this day. Right. Which I always think is, that's three seconds for the kid to think about what he's going to say next or what she's <laughs> going to say next. Like, what's So it's, it's, that's rote to give me a minute to think about what's next. Right. So it, it's lack of preparation, which we, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody about that. And there's, there's a place for impromptu prayer, and I think sometimes we value that as the richest, most genuine prayer. But I think, you know, prepared prayers actually are rich and beautiful and there's lots of of evidence of them throughout the history of the church and they're beautiful and the best prepared prayers are scripture right so praying scripture ensures you that you will not be off base theologically um, and it ensures you that you're being shaped by the word of god in prayer with god Mm -hmm. Uh, that seems to be a good place to be and 
keep it fresh with like really no work on your part. You're not like sitting down and trying to like come up with these great prayers. Sure. Yeah. That you know, like yeah. they're just open it up, read. Yeah. It's, and I and it's always recommended if it's a new idea to you, whether it's parents listening or 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 thinking about their kids or themselves. It's always good idea to start with the Psalms there because they're songs, as we said earlier, but also many of them are prayers. They're literally prayers. And you see this this shape in a lot of the Psalms where the psalmist will begin with um, the feeling of the absence of God or the struggle with what their situation. Mm-hmm. And what they normally do is they look back at the history of God's activity in and among his people. And they, they, they build that as their encouragement. They recognize his faithfulness and his steadfastness. And then they, then they turn back to God in faithful anticipation. You sort of see this sort of narrative arc that kind of always happens in the Psalms that, that almost always, yeah. there's one or two that are exceptions, but you know, of the 150, almost all of them do that. And it's, um, it's a helpful way to think about how I approach prayer. Do I just come in and ask for what I need? Do I recognize God and his holiness and his sovereignty? Do I recognize what he's done? And not just for me, because I think that's important too. It's what has God done for his people? Psalm 77 is one of my favorite for this. You got you have Asaph, who's a contemporary of David, and he's um he's 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 he writes this prayer, and what he's doing is looking back at the Exodus. But he he talks about it as if he were there. It's poetic and beautiful language, but it's 400 years earlier or something like that, right? So, so he wasn't there. Right. But the, the correlation and the connection to his people and God's activity in the life of his people it becomes something that he adopts as his own, right? right. So He's like trusting in that. Right. So it's not just, I'm, I, it's not, you're not just limited to looking for the things that God does just for you. Right, because you belong to the people of God down through the ages. Right, and it's helpful to think, well, what are the things that God has done for the whole of our people? I don't need to look for something unique that's just for me, because that's going to be a lot harder to find. Because God doesn't always do that. What He's doing is for His whole of His people, and redeeming us. Yes, He redeems you, and and many people have great testimonies, but that can be discouraging if you don't have a wow factor testimony. Right, right? if it's Right, you know, you know, and so the Old Testament is a look at the deliverance out of Exodus, and, the, and and so the New Testament writers look at the cross, right? And we, as the church, would look at the cross. That's the thing, right, that we look back on, the faithfulness of God to, to, to bring about the Messiah, to live sinlessly, to die for us. You know, how do we how do we continuously recognize this is what God has done for us, and this is timeless and, and perfect for us, and it's much better than some of the struggles that we may have in our daily life, you know, narrowly focused on my stuff. Right. So just so that's some general <laughs> thoughts about, about uh, the value of prayer, but maybe that's not very helpful for kids, but. I think it is. And I think like just being a good example of somebody who faithfully prays, mm-hmm. which I struggle with, which I feel like a lot of people do. Yeah, Everybody uh, does. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's not, you just coming to God with a list of things that are going sure. horribly wrong and you'd like them to change. Right. Um, and you, and then you, and what ends up happening is you begin to measure God's faithfulness based on the, right, the, the outcome speediness of, of his <laughs> response or lack thereof. Right. And that's not accurate scripturally. That's a, that's a, that's a misunderstanding of the one to whom you pray. Right. So. Right. So, uh, 
one of the elders in the church came up with an idea of a way to help the congregation be praying for the greater church, for the local church. And so do you want to talk a little bit? Because you have it on your side. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, I just, yeah, it's this bookmark. Yeah. Uh, Oh, gonna, do you need glasses I, for that? Except for the let us pray. That's the biggest point. <laughs> Everything else I need to put my glasses on. So there's us. bookmarks that probably have already come out by the time this episode comes out or will be coming out shortly. Yes, but the, it's a it's a very nicely done uh, bookmark uh, that reads together, let us pray. And then it cites First uh, Thessalonians 5. Uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then on the back, it gives us some... Uh, broad strokes of areas and, and things to pray for globally for world leaders, state leaders, local leaders, and then for uh, goodwill for pastors, children, their wives, the church branches, ministry leaders, elders, deacons, trustees, uh, mm-hmm. staff, um, and then for our Spanish service and our missions work and our youth group. So there's there's a number of things on here. So it's a good it's a good little tool uh, to think about that, and that's important too because it it really is sort of using a verse to as a catalyst to get us into the things we need to pray for. Right. And I didn't really talk too much about that. I was talking more about just using scripture to pray. Um, another thing that's really important that that helps us to see is prayer is something that we should be doing uh, for ourselves as well as for others. And if your prayer life tends to be oriented around, I don't really have one until I blow it and then I'm praying for a confession, then your prayer life is very me-centered. Right. Right, and you don't get the blessing and the joy of what it is to pray for others, right? Because um, you don't find yourself in that place of, of feeling like that's okay for you to do. You're, you know, I'm coming before the throne room again to be forgiven again mm-hmm. and again and again and again. I'll be here tomorrow too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I might be here later today. So yeah, uh, and of course we do that. We confess regularly. You know, John tells us if we say we have no sin, we're a liar, right. and the truth isn't in us. So, so yes, but. We, right. you know, but it should be a part of it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be the vast majority right, of your prayer life. Right. Well, I mean, that's so. That's to use the the acronym again, right? You you start with worship, adoration, and confess your sins, and then express thanksgiving, and then lastly, supplication, which is an old fashioned word for your needs. Mm-hmm. Your needs come last, right? That's that's true for the Lord's prayer too. You don't get to give us our daily bread until all of the other things are basically dealt with, right? Right. I mean, Jesus doesn't. He, this is how you pray. You acknowledge your Father who is in heaven that he is holy, right? Yeah. And then you pray for the kingdom, right? That it would be, you know, it would be on earth as it is in heaven, right? So your the orientation is completely away from self. Yeah. Um, I was thinking for that bookmark, I would like to keep it, I think, like in my dining room, maybe my Bible, maybe I'll take two. <laughs> but um, Can we get like a really big poster size version of it? <laughs> you know, put it on the, the wall. But I was thinking like what a good way to, one, be in a good rotation of praying for a lot of different areas of mm-hmm. the church, but also, you know, like, I don't know, in our family, you take turns praying, oh, it's your turn, it's your turn. So instead of like that same prayer, word for word, every single night, mm-hmm. like, all right, tonight, it's your night. And, you know, you go down the list. All right, you know, we prayed for this branch last week, and now we're praying for, or you know, yesterday and this week, we're praying for, for this branch. Yeah. And so like, just to give you an idea or something different to focus on, yeah. to like shake up. Yep, the I, every day. I do. I think that's good, and it's useful. And there's, it's probably something that you would want to regularly expand. Right. But, but thinking about kids, another another couple of things came to mind for me. And one is, um, you know, we want to do 
I think we talked about it in one of the last episodes I was in. It, same way with kids always, we're trying to find, find ways to exemplify that, right? So we don't just talk about prayer or answer the question for prayer. We pray, right? Right. And maybe we take advantage of every situation because, you know, kids are always going through different trials in their life, trying to figure out what life looks like, going through different stages of maturity and the struggles with that. And how often do we bring those things to prayer? How often does a conflict in school say, well, let's pray about that? Like, how often do we do that? Right. And then secondly, I think, and I don't do this enough either, like, do we say a short prayer of praise when they do something really well to celebrate something well, not just the wrong things, but how do we incorporate prayer as, as an act of praise for the things that are done well, like thanking God for their success and their their character and, you know, just things of that nature, so... Yeah. There you go. We all need, we all need, <laughs> we should, like, we should all like set an alert in our phone or like 7.30 at night. Yeah. Like, what did your kid do good? Mm. Call them right now to you. Yeah, that's a, and pray a, with them. Not a bad idea. Put, put me down. Put the phone, <laughs> put, put, put me down. Go talk to your children. I don't know if we, if we answered the question well, but. Uh, I think we did good. I right. think. So, so much of it is just a shift in focus, which is it's a shift in focus is yeah. slow, right. and don't get frustrated with the slow changes. You know, like when you look at your prayer life now, does it look different than it looked five years ago? Because like that's all it really needs is you know sl slow course corrections in the right direction. Right. Yes. Yeah. Progress. Progress. Yeah. Sanctifying progress, you might say. But uh, yeah, I think orientation. You know, when when a kid asks that question, you you know, well, what is prayer to you? And and you know, it's a tough kid question for a child to answer, but who is God? Who's the one you're praying to, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe if they're really young, you sort of use you as an example. Like, how do they perceive you? What's your, what's their thought about you as parent? Cause that's your, that's the first model of God, right? Uh, for a young, young child. And how do they understand you and your role and who you are and your responsibilities and your authority? And what does that look like in God who is the ultimate perfect example of all those things. Right. So it's redefining him, right? So it's, you know, I need to know who I'm praying to. That's going to really help me to understand why I'm praying to him. Right. Maybe yeah. that'll be a helpful way to think about it. So. Well, thank you very much for walking us through. <laughs> let's, let's get Marcos back in here. Through prayer. <laughs> no, we're going to do it. We're, we're great. I've been enjoying these with you. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, other than the the, what did I say? The workfulness of the small the talk. Effortful. <laughs> the it effortful. Was effortful. Be, the effort will be small talk, which I don't know, whatever. Yes. It is not effortless. <laughs> but it's we'll, effortful. It's effortful. And we will be back for one more <laughs> effortful eff episode. Oh, that's a lot of words. Wow. Can you, so go back and say that again. We'll, we will be back for one more effortful episode. There it was. <laughs> next time. I could we'll talk. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.